Hello everybody, I am Chrissy Vaki. I call myself the Hippie Christian, and I call this podcast the Hippie Christian Who Cares, simply because I do care about all of my listeners, and one time somebody said in high school, I'm Chrissy Vaki. I love the world and everybody in it, and it was supposed to be like a giant burn, but I kind of liked it, because I think that's a good thing to do. Like, I love the world and everybody in it, so I care, right? But also, who cares? Like, I'm not any kind of authority. I'm not a theologian. I'm not educated collegiately in the word or theology. I am a lifelong learner and a follower of Jesus Christ. And so I want to share what I know, what I think I know, what I love, and who I love, more importantly, and that is Jesus. So welcome to the show, everybody. It is a delight to be here. And interestingly enough, I usually do this podcast in the evenings, but this morning... I got up at the crack of dawn. That's not even true. I got up way before dawn was even thinking of getting up. Um, And I'm not, I kind of feel like maybe it was God prompting me and maybe even giving me a little bit of time management. All I know is sometimes I am a beautiful disaster. (laughs) And The beauty comes from Christ and the disaster comes from me, but put it together and I am blessed. And interestingly enough, this whole podcast is called Beautiful and it's going to be from Acts chapter 3. Feel free to get your Bible out if you want and if it's not handy or not available, let me walk you through it. So normally it's not really my style to just read directly from the Bible. However, since this whole entire session, episode, whatever you want to call it, I think it's important that I do read chapter three to you. Good news, it's only 24 verses. So I am reading from the New International Version, and so... Every version has a little bit different language, and I think that's quite on purpose, and God gave so many people abilities to translate the Bible, and sometimes I think that gives us a little bit of a different outlook, and based on who you are and how you read the Bible and your relationship with God, I think those words can be... I don't want to say ever-changing because God's Word is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. However, God is speaking right to you. And so when you have this inclination that it means something to you and you are in relationship with God, it probably does. So this is New International Version, and it is Acts chapter 3. One day, 
Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, walk. Taking him up by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus's name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying the Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to your God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days, and you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. So there is Acts 3. 
So this is a little bit of a spoiler alert if you are in my Thursday Zoom Bible study. And it's not that it's my Bible study. It's just the one I go to, thus taking ownership, calling it my. The Bible study actually is run by Amy Nelson, who is um, in charge of family ministry at St. Mark Lutheran Church. And let me just tell you, this is her superpower. She is an outstanding Bible study leader. And so absolutely will come to the table with a ton of knowledge and a ton of ways to look at the word and dig deep. Like she, she loves digging deep and unpacking all the scripture and she's great at it. So for Amy, who might be listening and Becca and Leah and Judy. Um, I think you guys are the peeps that listen. Jen and Deb and Artis. I don't know if you listen or not. Maybe, maybe not. And that's okay if you don't. But if you do, shout out to all my Bible study peeps. I read this in preparation for Thursday's Bible study, but of course I keep missing Thursday Bible study because I've been traveling for the last six weeks. And I think I joined in once from my hotel, hoping to do that again. But I were, Amy told me last night that you guys only got through the first verse, first few verses of Acts chapter three. So I'm going through the whole thing. So either turn this off now and do the Bible study and come back and listen or listen to it as sort of a pre-Bible study before the Bible study. But this is nothing more than my take on it and what God has put on my heart. I was thinking really hard about what should I talk about in this Bible study because I'm pretty sure you didn't want to hear Reflections 3 on my travels again because blah, 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 airports, weird people, blah, blah, blah. However, I when I read Acts chapter 3 and then I actually listened to it audio-wise because that's what listening is, audio, um, beautiful stuck out to me in all of this beautiful that the place where this beggar sits was called beautiful and so that kind of resonated as a talking point for the bible study that i was going to miss and then i saw amy last night and i told her that i just loved the fact that it was called beautiful and then i couldn't sleep i actually slept great. I went to bed at about 10 o'clock and I slept great, but at around three-ish, I started sort of waking up and I kept trying to make myself go back to sleep. And then it started to get like disturbing. I watched something a little bit disturbing prior to going to bed, which I almost always watched the Food Network. And by the time I went into the bed, into, into my bed, I did turn on the Food Network, but I had watched about 10 minutes of something disturbing just one of those like crime shows or whatever and so the visions of that kept coming in my head which are not beautiful um and then just restlessness of having so much to do and i have 
work to do today and I have an event at church. It's Grief Share at church and it's on Tuesdays at 6.30 at St. Mark Lutheran Church in Janesville. It's a really good thing. And if you have a Grief Share in your community, really encourage people who are struggling with grief or experiencing grief to go to it. It's pretty good stuff. And then, um, and then podcast. And so then I started thinking about my podcast and Acts three just kept coming back, like beautiful, just coming, kept coming back because I think I was trying to think of beautiful thoughts. So that's how the whole podcast started to develop. And I read Acts three to you and now I've probably erased all of it, but don't worry, we're going to go through it step by step. Let's listen to the commercial because I love doing this podcast. And so here's how I do it. And then we'll dig deep and really unpack haha, using those super Christian-y churchy words. And, um, but that I know, doesn't that make you feel good? Like now, you know, like when somebody says dig deep and unpack, you're like, oh yeah, Bible study. Um, so yes, We'll dig deep in just a minute. So let's get started right at the beginning of chapter 3 of Acts. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. There, The thing that stuck out to me instantaneously was beautiful because here is somebody who is a paraplegic, I'm assuming, doesn't really necessarily, we know he can't use his legs, but I'm assuming he can't really use his arms because they're carrying him. And so that's just an assumption. That isn't necessarily what we call beautiful, right? And he's begging, and that's not always something I would call beautiful. Peter and John are going to the temple to pray, and that's certainly beautiful. And somehow it's interesting because you know what came to my mind was beautiful disaster. Somehow God takes these things that are a disaster or, you know, not what he intends. He certainly doesn't want people sick or um, paralyzed. Um, He doesn't want birth defects. Like those aren't part of God's original plan for us. Those are all things that after Adam and Eve sin and are grounded from the garden, life got messy, right? So, but the crazy part is Peter and John were going to the temple to pray. God does know what we're going to do. And is it a predestined thing? Some might say yes, but on the other hand, we have free will. It's just 
God is so smart and so omnipotent. I like to use a big word every once in a while so you do know I have some sort of intelligence that he knows. He knows what they're going to choose. He knows that they might have said, oh, should we, should we not? You know, we don't know what Peter and John said prior to that. But he knows that they're going to head to the temple to pray at that time and that this guy is going to be there. That is a beautiful coincidence, right? I like to call coincidences divine intervention because I think God has a has his thumbprint on everything. Like I think because of his almightiness, he does know and he's aware and he uses those things for a greater good. And so you have this beautiful disaster. And I say that because this man is made in his, in God's image. Peter and John are made in God's image. And so the disaster is that he is afflicted with a birth defect that causes him not to walk. And so here sits this beautiful disaster and through divine intervention, Peter and John are coming with the intent to pray. So they're in the mindset of Christ and they come across this man. So next, the man speaks to them. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as John did. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Wow. Those are some pretty beautiful words. Not so much when the guy asked for money, but it begins with Peter speaking. And when I read that Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and then Peter said, look at us, I feel like Peter said that with some pretty big authority. Because at this point, Peter has been through a lot. We know that Peter denied Christ three times and then has had the opportunity to redeem himself three times. And when I say redeem himself, Christ is our redeemer. So, but he's given the chance to be redeemed three times. Jesus, after he has resurrected, asks Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Three times Peter says, you know that I do. And it resonates and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And now this Peter who was weak sauce is now like totally hot sauce. And so I think when he said, look at us, it was like, you're asking for money. Look at my face and ask for money. Look at 
my eyes. And you know how that is when you're kind of sketchy, sketchy, you just don't look at somebody. You might be not telling the truth. You might not really like the person. Who knows? Who knows why you don't make eye contact? It's uncomfortable, right? But Peter is like, mm -mm, no way. You look right at us. So the man gave them his attention and he was hoping to get something like, wow, this guy's like saying, look at me. You know, usually people are like, you know, no, bye, walk. They don't even pay attention, which is maybe why he didn't look at him to begin with. But then Peter says, hey, I don't have any money, but what I do have, I'm going to give to you. And then he says, get up and walk. He doesn't even explain the power of Jesus Christ. He speaks it with such authority that only comes from Christ. And I'm guessing that if we followed Christ and had the same experience that Peter did, we might be a little bit more bold too, but we, we really do have the same experience as Peter. We deny Christ often and we are redeemed daily, right? And so we can speak beautiful words and be able to have that beautiful communication. And I love this so much. Like, that's the power of Jesus and where the beauty of our faith comes from. I want to stick with these verses for a few minutes because it is just super beautiful communication. This guy reaches out in need and Peter and John are there and they listen to him and and Peter responds and he's, he responds with more generosity and sharing than if he just threw a gold coin at him or, you know, gave him something to eat or whatever. He gave him everything. He gave him Jesus. He gave him all that this man would need, whether or not he was healed. Christ is all he needed. And, and even if Peter knelt down and prayed with him and shared Jesus Christ with him, that would have been enough. But we don't know this man's faith. It doesn't tell us where he's at in terms of had he been baptized? Did he had he heard of Jesus? Did he know of the resurrected Jesus Christ? And my inclination is that he didn't. And I'll talk about that more in future verses. But I don't, I, I, I think when you know Jesus, you probably don't rely on begging for money and I'm not saying that that can't happen to somebody, but I just get the feeling that he was not necessarily a believer. And so Peter 
says, What I have, I will give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And then he takes him by the hand and helps him up. And the guy's feet and ankles instantly become strong. And he starts to walk. And Peter says it with absolute confidence in knowing that when he took this man's hand and helped him up, he would instantly walk. And the guy is so excited. His response to this is praising God, walking and jumping and going with them into the temple courts. He's so excited. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, which I think is interesting too, the combination of they saw him walk and react appropriately by praising God. And they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. Now, all of a sudden, that gate that is called Beautiful, that was more of a beautiful disaster in the first verse, is now so beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. So there's kind of this like, hmm, what in the world's going on? And yet we're amazed too. Like I think wonder and amazement, like their hearts were being opened a little bit. So we have beautiful healing, a beautiful response in praise. And then this beautiful curiosity. Uh, verse 11 says, While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us if by as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. I'm going to stop right there because the verse continues. And, Paul, and Peter makes this beautiful connection. He says, why are you looking at us like we've just performed some sort of magic trick? You know, why are you looking at us as if we on our own power or by our own godliness with a little G has made this man walk? And he makes the beautiful connection because he says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers. And wh why that, I believe, is important is because in the Jewish world, the God of, when you say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that resonates with them much more than it does with us as followers of Christ who have always known sort of the, um, the 
the true story. You know, the, like, we know the end of the story. We know the empty tomb. We know the resurrected Jesus Christ. And so, yes, we know that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because from Abraham came Isaac and then Jacob and the, the promise of a Messiah. And when you talk of the God of your, of our fathers, this is the God that they have been following. And he says, has glorified his servant, Jesus. You are looking at Christ as a man and as a servant, but Peter is giving them this, giving them the news and giving credit, beautiful credit to Jesus who was glorified through God, 100% man, 100% God. And so he gives them, he points that out to them and gives all glory, honor, and credit and power to Jesus. This is an amazing example, a beautiful example pun totally intended. It's not really a pun though, but use of word beautiful, totally intended. That Peter has transformed into this beautiful human through Jesus Christ. And he says, it's not through our godliness, but it is through Jesus and then he starts this fabulous sermon, this fabulous evangelism, this fabulous witness to all of these people through this amazing healing that God has done. And he says, it is not our godliness. Um, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released. I'm not sure if you remember that during um, Jesus's trial. At one point, Pilate says, you can um, release, um, like it's it's sort of a tradition to release and pardon um, somebody that has been convicted of something. And so he brings up Barabbas, this crazy murderer, knowing, of course, they're going to pick Jesus over this crazy murdering dude. And they don't. They pick Barabbas. And he says, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. And we, him and John, are witnesses of this. Peter, this beautifully transformed human, speaks beautiful truth, beautiful honesty, and is beautifully blatant about it, pointedly blatant 
about, hey, everybody, remember Jesus? Here's Jesus at work. And you guys are the ones that basically handed him over to Pontius Pilate. So it's a little bit brutal, but very beautiful as well. He then reinforces how this man was healed. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus's name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Here is physical proof that in the name of Jesus Christ, this man is healed. And it probably takes that for some people to fully know who Christ is. But Peter is kind of giving them, you know, sort of the good, the bad, and the ugly, and then bringing it back to the good. It is this beautiful faith, and it is Christ's faith. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man was made strong. It is Jesus's name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him. And there's other examples in the Bible, the woman who was bleeding and she touches the hem of Jesus and Jesus says, your faith has made you well. She came knowing that Jesus was going to heal her and was so confident that she just wanted to touch his robe. In this particular case, it is through Christ's faith that he has made this person well. And did did he do it knowing that people would be amazed and knowing that Peter would use this opportunity? So, you know, some say that it was, you know, God's plan and purpose. Kind of, yes. But also, you know, the guy had choices. He could have been like, yeah, great, you know, and ran off and, you know, went to work and started earning money that way or who knows, you know, but, but, but he chose, his heart was changed. And my goodness, when we are healed, when we are um, delivered from trouble or concern or anything. Every time my plane, my plane lands safely, I am praising God. It is all those things that this from the small details to the big details, you know, surgeries that go good, um, all kinds of stuff. And, And yeah, there's a lot of bad and sometimes people aren't healed of their sickness and sometimes people aren't um, cured of disease. Is that God's plan and purpose? No, I would say, I would say, no, it's not his plan that they are not healed or cured here on earth, 
but there is a far greater plan, and that is one in heaven who is Jesus that we get to be with. And so I can't, I can't explain like why this guy gets to be healed and why the rest of us can't, you know, go to every hospital in the United States and touch somebody and say, by the name of Jesus, you are healed. Pretty sure we can, but I know for me, it's probably my own sinfulness because I'd be like, oh my gosh, I just saved people. And did I, or did Jesus? You know what I'm saying? So that hard one to really figure out and pinpoint, but I think the point for me was this is beautiful faith. And if it tells us anything, it tells us, make sure to continue to share that faith, that faith that is powerful from Jesus's name and the faith that comes through him that transforms somebody, not us, but Jesus. Paul lays down some pretty hard truths in his sermon, some, some beautiful truths. And now he's going to take that harshness and bring it around in a beautiful way. He says, now fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who is been appointed for you, even Jesus. So that right there is such a beautiful opportunity and a beautiful reminder to us to repent. And I kind of bust a gut because you ever read a Bible story and you sort of resonate with a particular character in one way, shape, or form. I always find myself leaning towards being the one on the side of Jesus. And rarely do I resonate with the um, outsiders or the sinners. Yeah, I know. Super egotistical and prideful and yeah, awful. I'm embarrassed, but I do suffer from the sin of pride for sure. And yet there are moments where I'm like, light bulb going off, Holy Spirit turning the light bulb on for me, like the light bulb going off, meaning it's been turned on, but the Holy Spirit is the one who's continuing to pull the chain going, light bulb on, light bulb on, light bulb on, figure it out here. And this is one of those, because I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, Peter's telling this story so that these people can, you know, now pray for forgiveness for their sins and be, um, restored through Jesus and, you know, come to know Jesus, right? But hello, what about all of us? What about me? Repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who's been appointed for you. 
cracks up though when it says even Jesus. I'm like, I don't really get that even Jesus. It pretty much just mean it means, yeah, even Jesus, like even this guy that you have not even thought of other than as a man that you basically, because you thought he was a man, turned him over to Pilate. Yeah, it's Jesus. It is Jesus. And I looked up a bunch of other translations in which they don't even use the word Jesus. One said, namely Jesus. Most of them just said, who's been given to you or appointed to you, like Jesus Christ, who is for you. And so it's just the point. Like, I think the even was like, yeah, even Jesus, who you thought was just a man. And so it's an awesome reminder that our sins can also be wiped out and that there are times of refreshing that come from Jesus when we repent. Peter is sharing our beautiful Savior as he tells them to repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And that he may send the Messiah who's been appointed to you, even Jesus. He says, heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days, and you are heirs of the prophet and of the covenant of God made with your fathers, he said to made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring all people on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. So we have this beautiful savior in a beautiful heavenly plan that now that Christ has ascended, that heaven will receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he has promised in his prophets. And there's the beautiful prophecy that he has given and the prophecy is going to resonate with those who are Jewish because they have been following the prophecy of Moses and, you know, really all of that Old Testament, which a lot of times as modern day Christians were like Old Testament, New Testament's way better because it's when Jesus was here. But Jesus was there then too. And this, all of God's planning um, and preparing us for Jesus is all in the Old Testament. It's some really good stuff. There is a theologian by the name of Chad Bird who's really super knowledgeable about the Old Testament. And it has kind of opened my eyes to like Christ was there. And it says, indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spo have spoken have foretold these days. And we get to be heirs to this. Like this is where it's so exciting because he says, 
And you are heirs of the prophet and of the covenant, the promise God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. That is you and that is me. And that is all of us, all, A-L-L. And that is a beautiful promise and so exciting. And when Peter, so there's the then and there, which was Peter speaking to probably most of those people were Jewish. And so they're going to resonate with the offspring, Abraham's offspring, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. The reason that it is us too is because through Jesus Christ, we begin, we are able to be part of that family. We get adopted into the family of Jesus Christ. So through that offspring, all people on earth are blessed. And then there is no difference. It is all of us, man, women, children, everybody, everybody, including the man sitting at the gates begging, who has no faith, who has nothing except to get carried, dropped at the gate, beg for money, get carried back to wherever he stayed, and that on a daily basis. What an amazing promise that Peter is sharing with us. I also think it's beautiful that the last verse in Acts chapter 3 is about the resurrection and how personal the resurrection is to us. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried, descended into hell, resurrected, spent 40 days on earth. God raised his servant and sent him to us to bless us by turning us from our wicked ways, to have us repent of our sins and know that Jesus is our Savior. And that is so beautiful, the resurrected Jesus for us. That's very, very beautiful. Last verse ends on such a high note. So Acts 3, totally beautiful, am I right? I crack up for somebody who sings as bad as I do. My brain, while I have been doing this podcast, has gone through a couple different beautiful songs like Christina Aguilera, her song Beautiful. And then I looked up some other songs that had beautiful in the title, Beautiful People by Ed Sheeran. 
kind of hilarious if you watch the video to super just common people like all of a sudden get this opportunity to go in a limo and be on a yacht and do all these things that you know quote unquote beautiful people get to do and they're so unmoved by any of it and they're just so happy to be who they are like I don't know just sort of resonated with me but I think if I really had to give a title to or a song to today's podcast it would be Ray Stevens I know circa 1970s everything is beautiful and it's a great song and Ray Stevens in his version starts off with um, Jesus loves the little children and then he sings everything is beautiful and when we read Acts 3 everything really is beautiful because we have such a beautiful savior so have a wonderful week I love you all you are all beautiful people especially my sister Susie because it wouldn't be a podcast without shouting her out right love you